Welcome to the Explore More podcast. I'm your host, Ralph Plaskett, and I'm so excited that you can join with me today. So what is the Explore More podcast? This podcast is dedicated to exploring the transformational human experiences that allow us to become the full expression of who we are. We look at the actions that get us there. We dig deep into topics that remove barriers towards progress so that we can all become the fullest expression of ourselves. I firmly believe that if we can get on a path of becoming the fullest expression of ourselves individually, not only can we become uh, make significant progress within our own lives, but we can make significant progress in our communities for the greater good of all. So that's what this podcast is about. We're going to explore that in each and every single episode to make you an enriched person. And we're going to dig right in into today's episode. kind of chilly um, there is a storm passing through so you might hear some raindrops in the background I want to have a conversation right we've been having a conversation for the past couple weeks about superhuman capabilities right so I believe last time we talked about resilience and grit today today I want to talk to you about a special superhuman capability that is actually going to protect your pursuits. It's going to protect your heart. It's going to protect um, your pursuits. And it's going to do so in a special way. Or at least I think it's special. See, everything that we've talked about so far along the superhuman pursuits have been um, what I would consider more on the defensive, right? We, in, in the sports analogy, where we're going out, we were being aggressive, we were going to... Um, you know, overtake and recover all, right? All of the things that we're looking to pursue and achieve. But this week, I want to have a conversation about an offensive strategy where we're going to protect uh, what we have uh, received and certainly what we're going to protect our heart and the conditions that might uh, unfold as we are pursuing our goals. So, I want you to be able to understand that what's about to happen is a lot of complexity and paradoxes. I always remember those uh, those uh, Skittle commercials. Yeah, it was Skittle. The Skittle commercials where they would have um, what they would call um, a paradox, right? You know, it would be, um, in this case, what I recall is a commercial of an Irish um Asian Irish uh, man who's eating uh, Skittles in a weird location, right? So it was just a, a bunch of paradoxes that you just wouldn't under you wouldn't think of first off, and that's what this week is about. In fact, it's about detachment. So at first concept, and and as we look at it in from the very definition standpoint, the, the, the definition of detachment means to separate. And as we look at it from a psychological standpoint, um, it, it is a separation, truly it is, um, but 
not in the context to which we often think about what separation means. So, detachment is detachment, yet it is not detachment. Here comes the complexity and the paradoxes. Um, what we find in detachment, rather, is that we have greater involvement because we have detached. I know, it doesn't make any sense. Let me try to bring some clarity to this. So, in attachment, we attach ourselves to um, these thoughts, these ideas, um, these, these, uh, these, these, in fact, let me bring you an example. Um, unfortunately, uh, as of last, my last reading, there were 37 million violins of unemployment here in the United States. That means there are a lot of people out there, 37 million or so, if not more, who are feeling the stress and anxiety of um, not having employment, right? And dealing with the financial implications of all of that. By that, what, but with the hidden message behind that, or the hidden um, concern for me as a coach, is so many people, on average, in the last study that I read, about 37%, 35 37% of people associate their identity with the job that they have. When you ask them how they're doing, what do they do for a living, um, they say they are a mechanic, they are a, uh, a, a physicist, they are whatever they are, they associate themselves, their identity um, with their job position. So what happens when you lose the job? You lose your identity if you're associating your identity with your job position. So as we are considering the, con, the, the psychological position, human, superhuman characteristic even, of detachment, we have to get to a place where, in this case of the example of the job identity, um, we need to be able to separate ourselves from our identity from the job which we're associating that to provide us fulfillment. I'll bring it back again. So when we have an identity that is associated with our job, it is the job that provides us fulfillment and meaning and purpose in life. With me. Okay. So if then we lose our job, the, the questions and of fulfillment and purpose and meaning comes to full front, right? That we need to then address, right? And if I have found my identity in my job, then I bring, and I have lost it for COVID reasons or otherwise, then I have to go ahead and do a whole lot of um, reconditioning and restructuring so that I don't lose myself in the loss of the job. I think I've gone away further than I wanted to go in that example. But you can see how detachment in this case, separation of identity from job title, um, would be beneficial in allowing us to go into a place of growth and resilience um, and moving forward into the next chapter of our lives. There may be another job that's similar to what you had before in this particular example that we've, I've been using, um, or it may be something else. So let's dig in some more to detachment. 
So detachment supports our growth, our resilience, our um, integrity, right? It stays to the core of who we are, right? And certainly um, grace. I want to emphasize grace a little bit here. Not, not only grace um, that we give, but grace that we give to ourselves, right? So not only grace that we give others, but grace that we give to ourselves. Detachment says, um, well, yeah, detachment says that we are going to give ourselves grace to deal with the things that we are attached to and learning how to become detached. Um, Ron Rothburn said this beautiful quote that I think sums this all up um, quite beautifully, right? So, true detachment isn't the separation from life, right? But it's the absolute freedom within your mind to explore living. Not the separation of life, but the absolute freedom to explore living. What does that mean? Yeah, that sounds like all nice words, Ralph, but what does that mean? Let's be real. Let's be honest. Let's be greedy here, right? We all deal with something, some, something that hinders our progress, right? We have some chains that shackle us. We are bounded by something. Some of us are bounded by fear. Right? We won't take that next step because of the fear, fear of failure, fear of what success means, fear of the uh, not being able to realize your goal and all of that causes us not to take the next step. So then we are bounded, we are attached rather to fear. So if we can detach ourselves from the outcome or the expectation um, that we have in this, this, uh, uh, this outcome, then we, can, uh, then we can live freely in doing the thing or pursuing the goal. Doing the thing or pursuing the goal. You see, true detachment allows for the maximum pursuit of life and the maximum grace. Again, we need grace in order to continue to pursue because we will face failure, we will face um, resentment, we will face rejection, we will face a lot of these paralyzing emotions we've talked about before. We will face a lot of these paralyzing emotions that will otherwise paralyze us and keep us in mo uh, keep us stuck in one position as opposed to being able to move forward in achieving our aims. So as we take a, as we take a, the consideration of what detachment means, yes, it is a separation from, but it is not to say that one is careless or one is no longer um, has a callous outlook on life. No, rather it is complete and full immersion of involvement in the pursuits of whatever you want to go for because we have released or detached the, the outcome or the desire for having this understanding of what the outcome is. We release the expectations. We release our identity associated with this job, for example. We have done the necessary work 
to not be attached to those things. So therefore, we have the freedom and liberty to be able to pursue like we've never pursued before. I can't tell you how much um, this has been such a, a liberating um, study for me, right? Because I have found myself constantly wondering if, if this doesn't work, then I've one, wasted my time, wasted money and resources, and therefore I have failed. And that notion is what caused me to take half steps instead of full steps into uh, my pursuits. Once I come to the place of saying that, you know what, it, it is what I say it is, and I come to the place and I said, you know what, I am going to pursue and not worry about the outcome. From a business standpoint, we can have a conversation about how that would really look like. But from a psychological standpoint, from a personal development standpoint, I had to detach myself from the outcome. I do this in my practices as well. We've had a conversation about this before, but there might be a little bit a link for the video for practice, right? On the road to mastery is practice. And the self-talk that I was having, the limited belief that I was perpetuating in my mind was that if I continue, if I don't do this practice, I will never get to a place of, um, of balance that I'm looking for in my life, um, right? Physical balance. So I, I, I put so much onus on the practice that I actually um, skipped practices because it was just too much pressure. See, so I had to detach from the outcome, in my personal case, I had to detach from the outcome in order to achieve the pursuits. So I want to give you seven strategies. Whoop. I want to give you seven strategies, um, rather seven parts of um, developing your detachment practice. I want to emphasize that detachment practice. You see, we, we can't assume that detachment is some a plateau that we reach, and once we reach it, we are good. Right? The world, life will always continue to bring about challenges and situations and circumstances that we need to bring our best selves to. Um, so we need to be able to have a practice of developing into uh, detachment and, realize, uh, and being able to analyze the situations in life so that we could apply the right detachment practice um, as we need it. So here we go. Number one. Number one. Let's see here. Can you see this? Beautiful. Become an observer. Number one. Become an observer. What are we becoming an observer of? Our thought life. We want to be able to become an observer of the situations of, of that are coming up in our minds. And we want to become an observer of how we have responded to those situations. It's only through this observation can we get enough information to understand how that we can, uh, how we reacted or responded, and how we can react and respond differently. Through this observation lens, gives us the ability to now say, "Okay, I see how I ran away with this, or I see how I was paralyzed by these emotions." And as a result, I know that when this comes up again, I have an opportunity to make a different decision. 
Number one, become an observer. Number two, story time versus reality. Does it get in focus there? So there we go. Story time versus reality. We all have two narratives that run around in our head. We have a major narrative and a minor narrative. Um, I like to think that predominantly the major narrative is a positive narrative that we go ahead and resonate in our head. But there's always an underlying minor narrative, that negative voice that's, that creeps up from time to time. Now, the major can become the minor and the minor can become the major and we have to be cognizant of that. That's why we need to have, become an observer and see where we are in this moment, in this circumstance, in this situation. Story time versus reality. Here's an example. Story time. If I don't get this job, I'm running with the job example here. If I don't get this job, that means my entire career is at risk. That is a story that I've told myself at the, um, the, the concern of the outcome of the job interview, for example. The reality is there is no loss. I have not lost my career in this very moment. Right, I haven't gotten a job. I don't know what's going on. There is not enough information. So, but the reality is there is no loss whatsoever. So there's nothing for me to become anxious about, nor is there something for me to run with in the story to say that I am uh, at a loss because my career is going to be completely shot. So we need to be able to be able to distinguish between story time versus our reality. Reality is... I just got out of an interview about 30 minutes ago. I'm hoping they're going to call back, but I know I did my best, and I need to stand in that position. If they call back, great. I have, a, have on my roadmap for my career, I'm doing great. If they don't call back, fine. That, mean, that doesn't mean that I am less of any, I'm, I'm less of a person because they didn't call back. Good? All right. Number three. Let's see if it gets... We need to get to a position where we embrace uncertainty. You guys like my handwriting? We need to embrace uncertainty. Certainly in this COVID-19 response and ever-changing conditions, um, uncertainty has been uh, par of the course, right? Par for the course. Yes, par for the course. Uncertainty has become our norm, right? And in fact, it is the norm. There's, there's so much disruption from everyday, of everyday life, um, of the things that we do in our job, the way that we, we interact with others, um, how we communicate. There's so much disruption on, on such a constant um, place, in a constant space, excuse me, that we come and find ourselves in a level of uncertainty on a constant pace. So we need to become comfortable with the uncomfortable, become comfortable with the uncertainty, become comfortable in this new space because it's, it's here to stay. And one way to do that is to understand, which is number four, um, we need to embrace the impermanence. Nothing is forever. Nothing, absolutely nothing is forever, right? So if we can we can see our situation, circumstances, the challenges in this through this lens. Yes, we have the uncertainty of, how, of this particular situation, and then we understand that nothing is in, in permanent.
Um, it's not going to be here forever. And through that, we can realize that things are going to get better. Things can change. Things can change for the better. Number five. Change what you speak. Change what you speak. Language is generative. Language is generative. It's, it's a powerful concept right here in and of itself. Um, nothing exists unless we speak it into existence. And, and here's what I mean by that. I'm not going to say I, I want a cupcake and a, a cupcake automatically comes to, into my hand. That's not what I'm saying here. Work with me. What I'm saying here is the very speech creates um, our ability to, to ideate and pursue the realization of that speech. Right? Again, the very speech um, allows us to ideate and then pursue the realization of that speech. Uh, here's the reality. If I say I am a failure, the only result that can happen is I am or I will fail. But if I say I am successful um, and I am accomplished and I am this in these positive affirmations, the result will become those things. It may not be in a time frame to which you want it to be, but nevertheless, it shall be. Language is generative. So we need to be able to watch and, how, and see how we're, uh, we're speaking as it relates to the things that we need to detach. Right? How is our story time really related to, our real, to the reality of the situation? Right? That will determine how we speak and what we need to speak. So we should speak to the reality of the situation versus the negative narrative that may be resonating in our head, as an example. Number six, pause, meditate, take action. Pause, meditate, take action. This is my PMT, pause, meditate, take action. We are so often to take a, take a reaction to a situation, circumstance, and instead of taking a response. So where we take a response is to pause. Then I need to, and what meditate means is to, to contemplate, to think about, to um, mull over in your head, right? So if we're going to meditate on a, on a thing, we're going to pause and we're going to take a consideration of the thing um, that what we're, we're meditating on. Right, the situation, the circumstance, right? From that position where I pause and I have meditated and I have considered options, I have the ability to take action. I'm able to respond, not react, respond. So what that does for me is that it slows down the monkey mind and I say, okay, well, what is the next best step that I can take? Instead of going straight to a reaction that is often not considered of all of the options. So that was number six. And number seven, let's see here, can we get it focused? Embrace the journey. Number seven, embrace the journey. Look, none of this happens overnight. None of this happens overnight whatsoever. But we, if we understand that this is a journey, then we can Take the, embrace the journey and run with it. Right? 
So these are the seven things in our um, practice that we can take on with us, right, in our detachment practice, so that we can learn to detach ourselves from the things that are hindering us so that we can embrace life even more, so that we can pursue the things that we desire without a, a paralyzing emotions holding us back from, from whatever in the conditions, right? Paralyzing emotions that hold us back so that we don't realize the outcome because we're overwhelmed by what the outcome could mean, as an example. So, so that's it, guys. I wanted to be able to share with you this superhuman ability called detachment. And when we're able to get to a place of mature level of detachment, embracing these seven attributes or seven strategies, then we have the ability to really embrace life. And when we can embrace life in this condition, then we can be, we are, we are free from the, 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 the chains and shackles um, that limit our capabilities to realize our full potential. So there you have it, guys. Hey, listen, if you have not subscribed to the Explorer's Journal, what's the Explorer's Journal, Ralph? The Explorer's Journal is a weekly email newsletter that I send to you. It is full of information and is full of actionable information for you to be able to take and run with, right? And it's only once a week. I promise it's not spam and it is entertaining. So there you have it, guys. This is um, my message for the week, and I can't wait to talk to you next time. Enjoy the greatness that is life.